Hey, Chris, big week? Oh, yeah, wonderfully big week. Oh, like like how so? I heard you got an extra monitor. Yes, I finally decided to pilfer my roommate's monitor since he hasn't... He's been stuck in India and can't get back. So Def now I have a new 23-inch monitor to stick with my other 27-inch TV. This is Control Structure, Episode 13, Mom is Illegal, for February 13th, 2013, with your hosts, Andrew Bailey and Christopher Thompson. And now, why does your toilet have an Athlon 64 in it? Uh, define, uh, get a new monitor. Until he comes back, this is now my monitor. Okay, um, I guess I forgot my question. Define stuck in India. Visa and passport problems to get back. Uh, so it looks like he's gonna stay there for a long time. Uh, he's already been there for two and a half months. And all of his stuff is still sitting in my dining room. So, is this the one who stole your DVDs or the one who can't use the rice cooker? Um, the one who stole my DVDs. Ah, oh. Yeah, the one that can't use the rice cooker still here with me. Ah, oh, too bad. Yep. So, well... Hey, while everyone's gone, you uh, might want to observe International Backup Awareness Day. Yep. And uh, you can do that because uh, Box, the uh, the cloud storage provider just by the name of Box, is uh, giving away, or rather, is allowing people to create accounts with 50 gigabytes of storage, courtesy of Dell. So you might want to get that while you can. So, and uh, I definitely jumped on that, so I have to guess I might want to start using that. I just uh, saw that earlier today, and I just had to jump on it. So uh, Nice. So I got 50 gigs from Box, and I have 25 gigs on SkyDrive, so. Nice. The only problem is I don't like putting in my phone number. So, anyways, um... You can uh, probably upload stuff since the internet generally stays up in a blizzard. Uh, I guess a few people might have did that. Uh, a big nor'easter happened uh, over the weekend. Uh, pretty big one from what I hear. And there was snow everywhere. Like, everywhere. Like, I mean about three feet of the stuff. Huh. Uh, three feet? I've heard upwards of five feet. Uh... Well, maybe in the very specific areas, but like a lot of places got at least three feet or so. Um, like I think Boston might have had three feet. Uh, okay. So 
some guy uh, decided to pull out a video projector and uh, make the snow fall as sort of projector screen. And it uh, it looked kind of nice. Looked kind of weird, too. Huh, nice. Well, I now have box, so... Cool. Yep. So. Yay for, for 50 cents worth of space. 50 cents? Well, uh, five dollars. <laughs> My math was a little bit off. <laughs> so, anyways, I I seem to think that some, there was a discovery somewhere. I just oh, yeah. Cu curiosity, the probe that's been sent to Mars has has discovered a secret Apple HDTV base on Mars. A uh, what now? An Apple HDTV base. Okay. Appar apparently, Curiosity spotted a hunk of metal that was oddly shaped. Yeah, I see it here. It looks, it looks almost like a, a sports trophy almost, or some kind of handle. Yep. And well, one of the theories is it's an it's an Apple HD TV base. You mean an iTV? Well, it says H HD TV, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's iTV. <laughs> so you know, Apple, everything has to start with an i. Speaking of i, when are they going to quit calling it Apple and start calling it iApple? That's a good question. So, um, NASA has uh, analyzed this a little bit, and uh, it's essentially a chunk inside of a rock that the rest of the rock has eroded away and just left this metal chunk. Hmm. And they give uh, some other uh, examples of this on Earth. On Earth? Yep. Hmm. Maybe not quite as... Uh, Curiously shaped. So, um, doesn't look like you're gonna be getting that on Saturdays, I hear. Yeah. Due, due to the U.S. government trying to cut bills here and there, and the fact that the post office is a failing business, lost about $1.2 billion last year. So... They're cutting mail going out on Saturday in order to save two billion a year. Hmm, makes sense. I mean, yeah. there's, there's not a whole lot of business uh, being done on Saturday. Nope, there is not. But that's pretty much the only time I have to go to the post office. Because hmm. the post office is only open from nine till five. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, I hear you uh, have a new uh, section on this podcast. And, and oh yeah, um, but once every week we are going to start picking a Kickstarter project and report on it. This week is Golem. It, the game is set in the dark and beautiful city of Prague. Yeah. Prague. So I, this this is a game just to 
be clear. Correct. And you will be playing as the immensely powerful creature known as the Golem. Well, and currently they are at about 41 days left to go with 1,000 backer and $38,000 up. Hmm. So it looks like they have a long way to go. It looks like they might only be 5%. Yeah, they, they have a long way to go. The thing that keeps coming up is they keep talking about why they're making this game, not about how the game's going to be, any samples. They're still lacking all of that stuff. So, well, I uh, guess that we could jump jump the gun a little bit and... Uh, uh, let's see, the failed Kickstarter, um, if you remember back, uh, Wild Man? Yep. Yeah, that, uh, didn't end too well. Um, four days left to go, the project had finally crossed half a million dollars, and Chris Taylor canceled it. Huh. Well, I think they should at least bring it back up with half a million dollars. Except that they wanted, like, 1.1 million Correct. So, but something's better than nothing. Yeah, but they didn't uh, get it. Chris, raspberry, 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 raspberry. (laughs) So, um, I guess we might be leading with uh, raspberry news from now on if we can find it. So, remember the raspberry pie? Supposed to be coming out on. uh, uh, See, Minecraft is supposed to be coming out on the mine raspberry pie. Nice. So, uh, that's, uh, finally happened. Mm. And it is apparently, uh, free for download. But it doesn't look like it's th- the actual Minecraft. Mm-hmm. That is correct. I see them playing a snake game. Oddly enough. So, somehow, uh, Google is failing me and doesn't want to redirect that link, though. But, uh, yeah, it doesn't look like the, uh, like the full, uh, what was that? That was my phone. So, um, yeah, it doesn't really look like this is the full edition of Minecraft. It's just a top-down 2D thing. Yeah. So, hey, and, uh, you know what else you can do with the Raspberry Pi? Um, No, I do not. 
you can help prevent robocalls. And, uh, really? Other, yes, and other telemarketing, telemarketing stuff. Um, so this guy from uh, this Alex Ruiz uh, from California uh, has entered into the FTC robocall challenge. And uh, what it essentially does is it uses a whitelist of uh, phone phone numbers. It uses the caller ID. Um, so when you first call up the guy, it'll say, you know, hey, go ahead and please enter these numbers. And you enter them so it knows that you're a real person. So it puts you on a whitelist. So the times that you call back again, you know, you're automatically authenticated. Hmm. Um Whereas robocalls, they do not uh, have the capability to, you know, enter in numbers like this. I'm sure they will soon. So, well, it'll it'll cause a lot more investment on the robocallers' part in order to uh, defeat this. Oh, and this thing is called the banana phone. Oh God. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry, I have to go find one of those banana phone songs. Ring, 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 banana phone. So. Yep, that's the one. So. Alright, here we go. Ring, 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 banana phone. I've got this feeling. So appealing for us to get together and sing, sing. Ring, 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 ring. Banana phone. Anyways. 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 So, um, if we don't get sued for copyright infringement, we might get sued for violating the podcast patent now. Oh. <laughs> Yes, a patent troll has apparently uh, patented podcasting, and the EFF isn't really happy about it, uh, naturally. Uh-huh. Interesting. So a company called Personal Audio uh, apparently has a patent with a rather broad language, and I quote, apparatus for disseminating a series of episodes represented by media files via the internet as said episodes become available. That is really vague. Yeah, it could... That, that sounds like every single tutorial out there embeds this. Um, let's see, represented by media files, so yeah, pretty much any kind of, you know, even TV series even. How about YouTube? That too. Huh. But I guess because this uh, company has the name Audio in it, uh, it I guess it makes them want to go after podcasters. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I'm pretty sure we're pretty far down on the list of potential candidates. Yeah. But even if we do get targeted, we can call and get help. Yep. So, that's horrible. So, I heard that uh, Twitter was recently translated. Yep. It now has the lolcat language. Oh, no. 
Oh, yes. Let's see here. Compose new tweet. Uh, and a whole bunch of other various stuff. How to follow. <laughs> so, yeah, this is kind of why I stopped going to I Can Has Cheeseburger. <laughs> well, except that this isn't quite that bad because. This is worse. Well,. I mean, I could generally read and understand the lolcats themselves, but if you go down to the comments section, it was like, you know, the cats themselves were laying on the keyboard. You really couldn't tell what in the world is being talked about. <laughs> hmm. Well, but I hear you, I hear you something about LibreOffice. Yes, uh, speaking of, yes, you can has LibreOffice 4. It has finally been released as of last week. Hmm, cool. So this is a, you know, the uh, the free Office suite. It used to be uh, called OpenOffice.org. Um, but uh, apparently, uh, through a series of stuff, uh, Oracle got it. And uh, people kind of got pissed off at Oracle, and Oracle got pissed off at them. So, <laughs> so uh, they said, fork you, Oracle, and uh, did LibreOffice. And uh, as far as I know, there is an open office. You know, the original branch is still going, but it's under Apache, but no one cares about it. Mm. Well, if I remember correctly, Libre is the Spanish word for book? Uh, Libro. Uh, Libre is free as in freedom. Okay. And probably a b whole bunch of other romance languages as well. <laughs> like French and Portuguese and Italian. I wonder when LibreOffice is going to be bought. I don't think it can because it's not corporate based. It's a whole bunch of volunteers. Uh, uh, well, there are plenty of corporate backers. That's good. So, so yeah, you might want to use that on Linux. Uh, what else you might want to use on Linux is Wine. And apparently uh, that's what John Carmack, the wizard of id, uh, uh, looks to as the future of Linux gaming. Uh, he doesn't think that uh, Linux ports of games are really a good idea. And he goes to Reddit and uh, pretty much, you know, posts a rather long rant uh, mm. you know about the you know the reality of this well I I have used wine before it is a pretty good system yeah and, and speaking of wine I heard Microsoft office something something yeah something about that um, you might not need wine for Microsoft office before too long uh, that is if you ever uh, went that far in order to get Office running on Wine uh, because it might be coming to Linux. Um, so huh. According to uh, Pharonix, uh they have a report of uh, employees at Microsoft actually discussing the possibility of Office coming to Linux. Hmm. So that would that would be a smart move on Microsoft's behalf. Yeah, because uh, you know. People on Linux use Linux for a reason, um, so they're probably not going to buy Windows just to use Office. Well, maybe they might, 
but hey, this might be an opportunity. So, hey, Correct. The, so that might mean that the apocalypse had happened. Yep. So we and, might and, we might get another episode of the universe. Yes, we should. It has there been any news about Microsoft Office coming to Apple? Uh, Microsoft Office is you mean like on Mac? Yeah. That's been there for years, since the 80s, at least, I think. Huh. Well, I don't have a Mac, so don't shoot me. Me neither. So, <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, Microsoft, uh, you, you remember that guy, Bill Gates, that doesn't work there anymore? I do remember that guy, Bill Gates. So he went to Reddit and did a AMA, uh, that is, Ask Me Anything. Um, so he just... Uh, apparently Reddit does these things and someone famous comes and sits down and answers questions on Reddit for a while. Huh, cool. And uh, Bill Gates did this and there is uh, some rather interesting comments. Uh, like uh, what? Uh, so there's you know plenty of questions, of course, about the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. And... Uh, you know, like how it, uh, you know, what it does and what they do and like how it differs. And of course, apparently the main purpose of that foundation is to eliminate the causes of childhood disease. Um, because even though there's vaccines for a lot of diseases out there, they're not distributed. So they're not, you know, having their full effect. Mm hmm. So, um, hmm. Well, if if we start if we do eliminate more and more diseases, then that should bring down the healthcare costs also. So, and uh, another perhaps my favorite question is, uh, what do you do for fun? I uh, find it hard for you to fathom, you know, someone who can't disconnect, you know, dis disconnect from everything. So, what is your definition of of a chill and fun day? Um, he says uh, that he loves playing tennis. Uh, he's an average bridge player, like the card game. And he says he likes to tour interesting things with my kids. And this is one of the most diverse list of places that <laughs> you've ever read. These are very different places, but they're not exotic. Uh, places like power plants, garbage dumps, the Large Hadron Collider... Antarctica, missile silos. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Casually towards the LHC. Hmm. I guess he means the uh, large hamster collider. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. They use hamsters because chinchillas are a little too big for the tube. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so, let's so see. do they have opening tours for the Large Hadron Collider? Because I would love to go. Yeah, I'm pretty sure a lot of people would. Except that you need to go over to France and Switzerland to do that. No problem. <laughs> just make I sure make just make sure your visa is valid. Yep. <laughs> I I hear the French have exquisite food taste. Yeah, but exquisite in this case usually means disgusting. 
<laughs> I mean, I know caviar is supposedly fish eggs, but I'm not sure if that's French or not, but it kind of sounds French. <laughs> uh, yep. Anyways, you know what you uh, should, you know what you should stop eating. You should stop eating caviar, and you know what you should stop misusing. You should stop misusing select menus, and you know do something more intelligent, like consider how many options are in a select box. Oh, you mean don't select one billion things and put them in a select menu? Pretty much. So. If, say, you have an option for gender, don't make that a drop-down. Make those radio buttons. And if uh, you want to enter in a year, uh, make that a text box. Yeah, I, I have... I agree with you on the year, because that is extremely annoying. Yeah. Um, and besides, it's just so easy... Please fill in your age so we can make sure you're appropriate. Just select, go all the way to the bottom, and click it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the last one I selected, I was 125 years old. <laughs> so, um, at least I've noticed that Steam now remembers uh, the last date you entered on that, so. Yeah. Though I find it interesting that they ask for your credit card information, and if they want to save it, but they don't care about your birth date. Uh, guess not. So, huh. uh, UX movement here has an article about when you should use, uh, uh, you know, select boxes and drop downs uh, versus other uh, types of input here. Oh, it is a very good article. Yes. And I am gonna. I have actually started implementing some of this into some work that I have been doing. Oh, nice. Yep. <sighs> Typically, yeah. So, um, you know how drop downs are somehow implemented in Flash sometimes. Yep. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Oh yeah. Well. Adobe has issued an emergency update for Flash. Two, two previously unknown security holes had been been fixed and an emergency update was performed across all platforms. Nice. Yeah, so it's very, very, very proactive. I'll be... Uh... Let's see, I'm not... Because I remember uh, Flash updating rather recently. I'm not sure if it's this version or not, but... Yep. Um, I forget which one it was. But it's much better than Java has been doing lately. Mm-hmm. So, in other words, back with Apple, Jake, jailbreak, invasion... Hit 7 million downloads in four days, so you can jailbreak your wow your i iPhone. So this, I believe that this is distinct from unlocking your phone, which uh, just became illegal about two weeks ago. Yep. So jailbreak means that, uh, like all manufacturers' restrictions on what can be run on your phone is disabled. Oh, so that's what it is. Yeah. Hmm. 
Well, wonder if they have jailbreak for Android because I have this Blockbuster app on my phone that I cannot uninstall. Hmm. When was the last time you seen a Blockbusters? Uh, I'm not sure. It's been several years though. Yeah. So, yeah, like the whole thing about you know installing software being illegal and stuff. You know, like I remember back in 1997 when uh, like I got wind of this like MP3 compressor thing. So I eventually, you know, pounded that into whatever search engine was available at the time. And all I really got was uh, a whole bunch of mailing lists with a topic line, uh, MP3 compressor is illegal. I'm like, why is this illegal? You're just, you know, converting a sound file that you already have on your computer to another format. Why is that illegal? (laughs) So... Yeah, you know, and uh, like also back then, I quickly discovered that "make" is the most generic word ever. And if you punch that into you know like a search, like if you want to create something, like if you want to create a you know develop or program or program, you know, you know essentially you know program with a programming language. Mm-hmm. You know, using "make" with that doesn't really get you anywhere. Okay. I guess well, that's. I guess I would have been programming earlier if it hadn't been for my, uh, uh, you know, my limited vocabulary at nine years old. <laughs> the good news is, by the you know, by the time uh, I uh, did learn how to program, uh, I wasn't being interrupted by mom for every little thing, you know. Because uh, pretty much every time I uh, sat down to do something, she'd yell up at me. You know, and get, and I'd go down, and she'd wanted me to do some little thing. So, yeah. good. Sounds sounds a little bit familiar. And but. and it got so bad that a few times that I realized that if I sat my ass back in that chair, she'd call me again. A few times that actually happened. Uh, other times it'd be five minutes later, and one of her friends would call. And it would be a little late because she'd already be outside playing in her dirt, so I'd have to go outside to find her. Um, She eventually, I guess, learned how to do all those things because she started doing them for other people, too. So she didn't really bother me, so I had time to focus and program. Uh, so, 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 So you taught your mother everything you knew? Maybe. So what were we on? Oh, um, oh yeah, illegal. Um, right. Uh, mom is illegal. Hi, mom. <laughs> well, have you heard about the security ninja? I did, and uh, apparently he forgot his password to some of his encrypted files. So, uh, guess what he did? He uh, he cracked his password. He? Yeah. Huh. I thought he got. I thought he hired some people to do it. Well, yeah, but uh, you know, he uh, kind of helped him along too, because uh, he, you know, recalled what the password did have in it, like what characters, and what it definitely did not have. So uh, instead of that, reduced the uh, brute force search area from like four hundred and eleven 
billion possible combinations to about 22,000 or so. Huh, not bad. Well, that's definitely scary anyway. And I believe he did mention that one of the most frightening things was receiving the email with his password. Yeah, that is definitely not a good thing. But then again, this was actually an encrypted archive, I think. Um, you know, like a zip file. So, mm-hmm. you know, you know, since he was a security ninja, I don't think he actually used that password for anything else that he had. Correct. So, and he only gave out a very small portion of that encrypted file. So. Correct. Huh. And, but uh, uh, I'm I'm thinking that uh, something that would always remember your password. Do you remember Watson? I do remember Watson. Yeah, it was that one computer that went on Jeopardy and totally kicked ass. Yeah, I so, remember him. <laughs> so, him. Anyways, um, it looks like Watson has gotten a lot faster, like 2.5 times faster. And it's now at work uh, crunching uh, data about cancer. Um, When did Watson get employed? I think Watson was always employed by IBM. Well, for the medical field. I mean, has he gotten his doctor degree yet? Well, I'm not sure if Sherlock actually gave him a doctorate's degree or not. (laughs) <laughs> but uh yeah watson was i think watson was originally designed to you know be uh you know to do medical research and stuff so uh see in march 2012 scientists at sloan kettering uh, set watson about the task of internalizing 600,000 pieces of medical evidence 1.5 million patient records 2 million pages of text from medical journals, and 1,500 lung cancer cases. Hmm. That's amazing how that that actually all ties together. Yeah. But let's hope you did not make a programming error. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, um, there's another supercomputer you should know about. Yes. Um, let's see here. <laughs> Sequoia, I think is the name of it. I may be having it wrong, probably. Yeah, it's pronounced Sequoia. Sequoia. Alright, it puts nearly every computer to shame. With 1.6 million processor cores, 16 per CPU, across 96 racks. Yes, mighty impressive. Can perform sixteen thousand trillion calculations per second, or sixteen point thirty-two petaflops. Hmm. <laughs> so, uh, unlike uh, other supercomputers of late, this is uh, rather old-fashioned in that it has no GPUs in it, because um, a lot of uh, supercomputers of late have incorporated like NVIDIA GPUs uh, for massively uh, parallel. Uh, floating point operations. Mm, nice. So, well, and, and they 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 for a limited time they gave the machine to the outside researchers 
for for them to run their test on these supercomputers. Yep. So, do you know so, what a uh, so anyways, um, do you know what a robots.txt file is? I do not. Okay. Well, it's uh, a protocol that was developed by search engines that allows you to uh, specify certain regions of your site that are off limits. Really? Yeah, in order to uh, not spider them. So I've had uh, one of these uh, for a few years on my blog, and it's extremely permissive, allows uh, pretty much everything to go everywhere. So the... Mm. Uh, the legitimate search engines will follow this, um, whereas malicious uh, spiders uh, will use that to, you know, try to get into your site. And uh, you can uh, essentially uh, exploit this behavior by putting your honeypot in there as a disallow. Your honeypot? Yeah, a, a honeypot URL that uh, if a if a browser or a spider uh, come across that URL requests it that you can ban that huh interesting so anyways uh, this guy involved in SEO uh, search engine optimization has uh, put a rather elaborate robots.txt on his site and it's <laughs> it's essentially a message to Google um, about how Google pretty much makes his life miserable uh, with all the changes that they do to the search algorithm. <laughs> and it has some pretty sweet ASCII art in here. Yes, it does. <laughs> like, why did you put your computer next to the toilet? I mean, WTF with all these changes. Now it feels like SEO is like Russian roulette. <laughs> Uh, yep. Maybe I should find another job. Uh, awesome. Well, so, have you heard about yours versus mine? I have. So, uh, in applications and you know, and even in programming, uh, you'll hear a lot of stuff that's mine or yours. Um, for instance, this has always annoyed me in variables anyway, like uh, my number, my string, my whatever. And it kind of strikes me as odd because, you know, most of the stuff you're programming is not for yourself. So it's <laughs> definitely not my stuff. Hmm. Uh, so Dustin Curtis uh, has a discussion here about uh, whether you should say, my settings or your settings on you know an application hmm. and it's this it basically uh, you know he discusses the fact that you know say when you're using a hammer that your brain sort of incorporates that as an extension of your arm so that essentially becomes part of yourself so when you say my settings, it's like the interface has become an extension of yourself. Whereas if you say your settings, it means that the interface itself has a personality. <laughs> and your is, settings, and I'm going to delete everything. 
<laughs> so, isn't this how Skynet started or something? I'm not sure. Uh, but so. but this but the stuff about mine and yours always reminded me of some some stuff my parents always said. This 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 is my this is pretty much like this is my house. You have to help clean it up, sort of thing. <laughs> hmm. That, well, the the. It, it's mine, but when you're in trouble, it's ours. Yep. I think there was an eggnog or something. Yeah, and loading ready run. Yeah. It's like, how come it's your eggnog, but as soon as it goes bad, it's our problem? <laughs> we tried rinsing it with bleach, but that doesn't help. <laughs> 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 so, anyways, um, did you did you know um, that somebody did an Instagram, an Instagram of infographic of, of Wikipedia? Yes. Um. So someone did a infographic on my Wikipedia, um, about <laughs> um. He pretty much geo mapped uh certain uh subjects of interest, um. You know, stuff about wars, navies, empires, uh, coasts, uh, mountains, you know, a particular subject. And uh, on Wikipedia pages, there's generally a geographical point uh, somewhere in that article. And it seems that uh, uh, articles on certain subjects tend to have things clustered, clustered together. Hmm. Interesting. Well, the maps do look really pretty. Yeah. So, uh, for instance, articles about horse races, thoroughbreds, jockeys, and so forth are located in England and New England, mostly. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, Wars were typically in Europe. Yep. And I guess this might come as a surprise to no one, but articles about Islam are located in the Arab world. <laughs> As are things about God in the Bible. Huh. I'd be I'd be a little bit worried if Islam was in United States. Uh a few, but not as much. Yep, that's good. Um, let's see, articles about archaeology sort of outline ancient empires. Uh, sounds like sounds like Europe. Uh especially England. Hmm. Um, let's see. Let's see, yeah, articles about battles, conflicts, war really show where battles were located. And again, that's mostly England, uh, along the between uh, France and Germany, and also Israel. Hmm. Uh, you know, there's not a lot of stuff that happens in Africa. Yeah, well, then again, Plus, the part of Africa near Europe is mostly desert, so... True. And uh, articles about ships highlight coastal cities and shipwrecks and almost never occur on land. <laughs> Who knew? Almost never? <laughs> so uh, what idiot was driving it on the land? <laughs> probably in a river. Yep. Uh, anyways, uh, I wonder if there's an article about Google Glass. 
Yes, we did have an article about Google Glass, and Apple is releasing an iWatch to counter that. Really? Yet this iWatch is basically supposed to be like an iPhone that you can put on your watch, on your wrist. So, in other words, after several years of increasing their form factor uh, from iPhone to iPad, they're going way smaller now? Yes, they are. <gasps> and I'm pretty sure once you get it on your wrist, they'll start expanding it up the arm. <laughs> That's so, uh, That might be a little uh, disturbing. Yes. But I've always pictured, like, from Math Effect, where you got the computer just on your arm. Yeah, but most of that uh, comes out as a hologram, though. I know, but it's a start. You have to put something on the hand first. Yeah, I'd agree. So, you remember Jeff Atwood? I do not, I do not remember him. Uh, do you remember Stack Overflow? I do remember Stack Overflow. Okay, so one of the co-founders of Stack Overflow, Jeff Atwood, uh, has released uh, what he's been working on for the past year or so, uh, and that's called Discourse. And uh, what it is is essentially the next generation of form software. Um, it's uh, written in written with uh, Ruby on Rails, and oh. uh, but uh, you know it's uh, completely open source. Um, hmm. so, like, have you sort of noticed that forums haven't really changed much in the past, I don't know, 15 years? I have only been paying attention to the forum for the last year, so, sure, why not? <laughs> so, yeah, I remember being on a forum back in, like, 2002 or 2003. It was, uh, mostly about StarCraft, but, yeah, uh... Forums haven't really changed much. Um, so, what's, what's his new proposal? Um, let's see. It feels great to use. It should feel fun. Uh, designed for tablets and advanced web browsers. Uh, Built-in moderation and governance systems. So, I guess he's taking some of the ideas from Stack Overflow and putting it into a forum form factor. Hmm. Uh, I don't think you can deviate too much from the typical form. Well, I mean, if you really look at it abstractly, you could say that any Stack Exchange uh, website is sort of like a forum. It's just really optimized for uh, questions. Mm. True. So, uh, anyways, uh, speaking of really advanced browsers, uh, it turns out that you can do some really sweet uh, three-dimensional clouds with CSS. Hold on, CSS? Yeah. Oh, wow, this stuff's wicked. Yeah. And it even has a Michael Bay preset in it, too. Um, I'm sorry, a Michael what? A Michael Bay preset. Uh, apparently, yes. apparently, he's a uh, really famous film director that uh, makes... Uh, movies with a whole bunch of explosions. Ah. Yeah, I haven't really watched a lot of movies in the past five years, so... that That's fine, you haven't missed much. Huh, this is really cool. Boom. Mm-hmm. Michael Bay. 
Huh, this is really, really interesting. Well, speaking of movies, uh, the Pirate Bay documentary has been released uh, called TPBAFK. Um, and it basically covers the uh, trial that they went through a few years ago. Um, <laughs> and I thought it was a pretty interesting watch. Watch trailer, watch now, $10. Pre-order DVD, $23. Download torrent. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> so you can... Uh, so, so, so they're allowing you to pirate their own movie? Yep. And I believe you can even watch the whole thing on YouTube. I uh, believe it is re uh, released under a Creative Commons license. Hmm. Interesting. So, and uh, also, if you uh, like that kind of stuff, you might also want to watch uh, Steal This Film 1 and 2. Hmm. I will definitely have to... So, and don't worry, I've stolen the hell out of those films. <laughs> well, the name's just begging it. Yeah, and uh, uh, those, uh, you know, those uh, mentioned Pirate Bay um, a little bit, um, although it goes more into file sharing as a whole. Uh, it goes over the fact that as humans, we like to share things. Uh, we do? Yes, particularly culture and ideas. Um, and I find it interesting in that ideas are the only things that if I share an idea with you, both of us have two ideas. Correct. Whereas if I share, say, a subway napkin with you, uh, only you have the napkin. I don't. Correct. So... Um, mm -hmm goes into interesting things there. So now, after many weeks, this is this week's installment of LOL Apple. <laughs> so the whole thing about Apple is it just works, right? Uh, that is the theory behind it, yes. So go ahead and tell it to this guy. Um, it's sim pretty much nothing Apple of his works right. So, Nothing? And it doesn't seem like it. Uh, other, otherwise, this guy just has terrible luck. Well, there is somebody out there that has the worst luck of everybody. So he has, starts off by complaining that Chrome displays an error uh, on every other page. Uh, so he had to switch to Safari, uh, which only renders half the page. <laughs> he uh, wants to install uh, Flash, but the installer quits with unknown error. However, it re when rebooting, found out that it was actually installed. So let's go into the bedroom where the Apple TV is unable to update itself. <laughs> uh, my iPhone is unable to sync with iTunes over Wi-Fi for more than two weeks. Um, he had to use the cable last time. <laughs> oh, my word. Hmm. Um, he has to force quit iTunes every day because it eats all of his memory and then creates a 10 gigabyte swap file. <laughs> um, let's see. He says he hardly uses Apple software now. Preview is ba barely usable. I switched from what mail.app became to Sparrow since Lion came out. Uh, even Color Picker wasn't spared. 
So there's some ridiculous gates out there, but why is there no home button gate? I swapped my spouse's iPhone 4 with a 4S because she was complaining about the home button. Next day, she says, I think my iPhone is dying. The battery barely lasts. <laughs> I am seriously tired. Nothing just works. I always have to reboot, restart, replug, update, force quit, and make sure it didn't freeze while I wasn't looking. Huh, that sounds like... Are you sure he wasn't using Windows? <laughs> P.S. Just after I wrote this, before I pressed publish, my wife turns to me, Look, I have installed updates, and now the notebook doesn't turn on. <laughs> oh, that's just great. Um... Of course, this might just be a symptom of nothing working. Uh, everything's broken, but nobody's upset. Um, this is an article that uh, Jeff Atwood's friend, uh, Scott Hanselman, posted uh, back in September. And uh, he goes through like all the little things. Um, Let's see, we're using Skype at the moment. Uh, everything about the Skype UI is broken, especially resizing columns on a Mac. Uh, Chrome, after version 19 or so, changed the way it registers itself on Windows as the default browser and broke half a dozen, half a dozen apps, uh, like Visual Studio, who looks for specific registry keys that every other browser writes. Hmm. Uh, the Windows indexing service on my desktop has been running for three days straight. The answer? Delete and rebuild the index. Oh, goody, that only took a day. <laughs> so he works for Microsoft, has all of his personal life in Google, and uses Apple devices to access it, and it all sucks. Mm. Okay, that might actually be his problem, but still. Yeah. So I don't he, think Microsoft Outlook has ever shut down cleanly. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. is weird because, you know, a you know, Outlook, I've noticed, is slow, but at least it generally works uh, for the time that I did use it. Yeah, so when I use it, I get a lot of, uh, it's not authenticated, but then you just click cancel, retry, and it works just fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Final Cut Pro crashes when you scroll too fast while saving. <laughs> Uh, iPhoto is utterly unusable with more than a few thousand photos. Don't even get me started about iTunes. I won't. Um, uh, I wouldn't know because I don't use iTunes, never did. So, mm -hmm. except, except for my pastor, he always seems to like to use iTunes. But most of the time, he's playing something in Windows Media Player, but that's another story entirely. Ad block stuff my Gmail from working for three days, which JavaScript is. Until he figured out that it was the problem. Uh -huh. so, and, so he says that there's two uh, main solutions to this. Uh, uh, see, he ghouls around, finds two possible things. Number one, no one's seen this issue. You're alone and no one cares. Or number two, everyone has seen this issue, but no one from the company believes it. You're in a crowd, and no one cares. Huh, sounds like a lot of different stuff. So, huh. 
you know, this kind of, although recently I've noticed that uh, things have been going in the other way that, you know, software works, uh, especially search engines. And I think my vocabulary might have improved because I no longer use the word make in anything. Hmm. And I, also, I also quit using the word how. Hmm. So, and, uh, see, no, I've never ever actually had to look up or use GNU make, which is a real thing as it turns out. Hmm. Interesting. Yep. So, so how do we fix it? I don't know. I think we might have to buy more hard drives to do that. Oh, you mean like this one particular company did? Let me get the name in a moment. My Chrome's having some issues pulling it up. You mean so Backblaze? I do mean Backblaze doing that. Um, so first of all, this is a rather old news, but it's not good nonetheless. Back back when that tidal wave hit Thailand, I think it was, and that we uh, had flood that. in Thailand, yeah, the yeah. hard drive apocalypse. Yes, well, this this company offers grows at about a rate of fifty terabytes a day, and original hard drives that they were getting for a hundred, two hundred dollars were now being sold for six hundred dollars. Yeah, solution, that's insane. The solution was to go to consumer stores and buy hard drives for customer prices. Mm -hmm. Well, this this went well until they started giving a limitation of two hard drives per customer. Mm -hmm. So they started um, bringing in family, bringing in friends to go to get them to go to these stores and buy hard drives. Yeah. And eventually they got banned from Costco. <laughs> so, let's see, I don't think I've ever been in a Costco before. Uh, mostly because I don't have a membership. But uh, I've been in a Sam's Club because I do have a membership. Let's see, uh, do you know what uh, GFS is? GFS? Mm -hmm. GFS, GFS. Does not sound familiar. It's a Gordon Food Service. And uh, let's see, uh, the Costco around where I live has a GFS sort of uh, like right next door to it. Hmm. And and it's essentially another uh, store, but it only uh, does bulk foods and like, you know, sort of food supplies, strictly that. It's sort of okay. the it's sort of the Aldi compared to Costco. Um and I, I think I know what you're talking about. I have a friend that runs a restaurant, and he mentioned, like, a warehouse for restaurants. Yeah, that's essentially what it is. And uh, uh, I, I actually went, uh, went there, mm, I think it was Saturday, to buy a few things. But, yeah, uh, every time you buy something, they ask, is this, you know, for a business or just for yourself? But they really don't care. <laughs> well... It's, it's for my business and not your business. <laughs> so, um, let's see. Uh, Smart Bear has posted an article about uh, CPU designers and how they turned around their respective companies' fortunes. Mm. Um, so, it's, uh, 
uh, basically goes through back in, let's see, 386, that was like the uh, 80s, uh, with uh, Pat Gelsinger at Intel, in that uh, uh, before the 386 came out, that Intel was uh, doing a, was building out another 32-bit CPU microarchitecture. Uh, another CPU architecture, uh, but it didn't uh, go too well and it failed. Uh, but Pat Gelsinger, which had been with the company for a couple of years and worked on some of their previous CPUs, uh, was working on their backup plan called the 386, uh, which ended up being a massive success. And mm. uh, later on, he worked on the Pentium Pro, uh, I think, uh, which... Which uh, is pretty much the uh, very first processor, uh, like the earliest descendant of the current Intel CPUs that we have now. And then uh, on the flip side, it uh, uh, follows Derek Meyer, uh, Mr. 64-bit, as this article calls him. He uh, worked at uh, uh, DEC and worked on the Alpha processor, uh, the second CPU second 64-bit CPU on the market uh, in 1992. Uh, so, and uh, he later went on to AMD and uh, created the uh, Athlon 64. Hmm. And uh, we all know how the Athlon 64 went, right? Uh, I would assume so, yes. It kicked ass. Mm-hmm. And I guess he's currently the CEO of VMware. Well, it seems like he left in 2011 and is currently enjoying time off. Yeah, one of the other guys is uh, VMware. Ah, okay. Man, they just got so many names in here. Yeah. This person, that, this person, that, this person, that. So, yeah, the uh, Athlon 64s were uh, pretty good. In fact, my toilet has... uh, has an Athlon 64 in it. Why does your toilet have an Athlon 64 in it? That was the one computer I got off of you. Ah, that toilet. Yes, that toilet has an <laughs> Athlon 64. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> ah, so. so... So you haven't installed Linux on your other toilet yet? Uh... You mean the one made out of ceramic? Yep. I can't seem to find the USB port on my toilet. How about the dishwasher? Uh, I might have to take it apart, but... The it, microwave? Uh, no, because I don't want to run a shell script every time I want to make food. <laughs> and I do boil my pierogies. That is good. Although, I use the microwave to set as a timer.
anyways, uh, if you uh, like this show or have any kind of questions or comments or just to say hi, uh, we we uh, will do a shout out if you'd like. Uh, you can go ahead and uh, say something on the-nexus.tv and click the contact and uh, make sure you select the show control structure and uh, me and Chris will get it. So, mm -hmm. and as as always, this is International Backup Awareness Day. Uh, back up your stuff every day. And uh, don't forget to use that box offer uh, if it's still applicable when you hear this. Well, as of a few moments ago, it is still applicable. And oh. in a quick other news, the Nexus might be getting a new domain soon. Yes, uh, from what I hear from uh, the studio guy. Yep. So, hopefully he gets that. Yep, and uh, let's see. Unfortunately, there is still no science, new science show. Aw. Man, what's, what's with it? I don't you know. Got, you got the universe, and you got this new science show. He said that it would be up at about 6.30, um, but it's uh, about 9.30, and it's still no show. Huh. So, Science show, no show. <laughs> uh, I guess so. Oh, well. Hey, that kind of rhymes. Yes. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, any plans? Um, go and conquer more of the universe till 2 a.m. Hey, the universe! <laughs> 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 Yep. So, uh, let's see. 14th is uh, Valentine's Day, right? Yes, it is. And I am excited for the day after. See, yeah, I'll probably be in church or editing this, so. Uh, well, at when, when, when I was sleeping, sort of, oh, I guess a whole bunch of girls was... A girl came to the door, my door and put up a whole bunch of little hearts on it. Oh. And asked and asked me to come to one of the dances. Oh, how sweet! Yep. So I'll be going to that dance, and we'll see what happens. We'll see how many girls I meet. <laughs> so, uh, anyways, I uh, guess that'll be it. Uh, yep. Let's see. I guess I'll just be doing stuff over the weekend. I'm. I usually don't really have uh, solid plans for the weekend. I guess. Neither. Neither do I. I guess I could go back to cleaning the bathroom, but... I mean, yeah. I mean, who wants to do that, right? Yep. So... You know, you could you could just put it off for a year and then pay somebody $100 to do it. Uh, I don't think 100 bucks would really cut it. <laughs> True. Well, well, you could scrape off the carpet and sell it. <laughs> Maybe. But you might, you might have to be careful. You might disturb some wildlife. Yeah. But then Turians don't really have hair now, do they? Um, typically no, but considering they're in a suit of armor, who knows? Uh, pretty much. So, anyways, uh, guess that'll be it. So, have a good one. You too. Have a good one.